welcome to today's podcast of Genuine Intelligence, which is the podcast where artificial intelligence meets wisdom. And uh, today's guest is uh, Jennifer Snyders. And uh, Jennifer says in her profile that she loves bamboo. So maybe you could start by telling us a little bit about yourself and why do you love bamboo? All right. Well, I actually was born into it, I could say. My father started <laughs> a company called House of Bamboo and he was passionate about bamboo being used as a material in Australia because he saw that we were adopting a lot of the European um, type materials and he was Dutch and he loved Australia and its climate and thought that having worked a lot in Southeast Asia because that's where he was based, um, he noticed that bamboo was used widely throughout building, um, not only for housing, but for decorative materials. And he thought, well, why aren't we in Australia adopting that? Because we have a similar climate. Right. Um, so that was the beginning of House of Bamboo. And I grew into it. I studied architecture and, and followed that sort of field. And then in 2000, I came and joined my father and learned a little bit about the business. And over time, realised that a father that's very strong in his views and a daughter that's very strong in their views didn't work that well together. So really? I left the business a little bit and then unfortunately he became ill and then I said, I'll come back in but I'll, I'll buy the company um, so that I can start to mould it in my direction of how I saw it. And by the time I returned to House of Bamboo, uh, 10 years had passed, I then started to venture into understanding really where was bamboo now in the built environment? Where have we moved it? And even though I understood it to be an enormous benefit as a plant to the environment, I really wanted to understand where the technology was now. So I learned about manufacturing, the engineering of the plant, and how we can now Re, um, remake that plant into something that looks and has the same form as timber. Right. So with that knowledge, I came back to House of Bamboo and felt that there was an opportunity to change the paradigm of what bamboo was because generally speaking, most people think of it as poor man's timber. It's often referred to as that. And they think of tiki bar or pole. Um, right. And they don't think of it as a material that we could use in the built environment as a complement to timber, to use it as an alternate type of material. Um, and I got excited. And it just sort of catapulted from there exponentially. And the side of it was is that I started to understand its real place as a plant in our environment in restoring um, the land. It's one of the fastest growing plants in the world. It captures four times more carbon than most trees. It store, you know, it it expels thirty percent more oxygen. So simply, when I started looking at it as a plant, I thought, "Wow, what a change this can make to our environment if we just had more yeah. bamboo growing around the world." And then, as I got more and more excited, I started understanding that when you harvest bamboo for byproducts, you actually don't cut the forest down. What you do is you select the age of the calms, and you do that at a yearly basis. So you retain the forest, you retain biodiversity, you retain all the benefits of sequestering carbon and producing oxygen. And I thought, wow, it's so, and it happened so fast. It's our quickest answer to restoring our planet in that sense. And then there's such a multitude of our byproducts and its availability and its supply. It's sort of, I went, this is a no brainer. We just have to start to educate and educate and educate. 
so that people start to embrace the possibilities of what we can do with bamboo. So, so I can see why you love it, and you, and your passion for it comes across pretty clearly, and that's great. But um, I, and we're going to nerd out a bit on bamboo today. Yep. That's that's the purpose of this. But but you to be to begin with, you referred to it as a plant. Um, ChatGPT, which I put on the screen, uh, and it was a surprise to me when I looked at this. Uh, ChatGPT told me that uh, bamboo isn't wood; it's grass. Um, and that was that was a surprise. And so that's why you can cut it down and it regrows, I guess. So um, and, and I read that it grows at up to three feet per day. I mean, that's just phenomenal. So it's a it's a repeatable material that grows incredibly fast, but it's but it's not wood. So how do people feel about having buildings built out of grass instead of out of wood? <laughs> Well, most people don't realise that bamboo is a grass to start off with. Right. Um, secondly, there are two types of bamboo. It does grow incredibly fast and it does grow up to three feet a day. I've seen it. Uh, it's largely, its whole growth period happens within the six to ten weeks. Um, it's, it reaches its full height and then the cell structure of it starts to mature through the years. So... There are two types of bamboo, um, a running bamboo where it grows all over the place and um, it's monocotyl. And that's what people refer to as the, un, you know, don't put bamboo in your garden because it's going to kill everything yeah. and never get rid of it. Um, that is largely uh, running bamboo species. And then we have a clumping bamboo, which is restricted by, it only tends to grow a root system about 30% of its height in a circular area, and it's just contained really well. So South America have a lot of that type of bamboo, Guardia bamboo. Um, China's native species is Moso, which is the running bamboo. Um, so firstly, there's an understanding around that. And within that, the cell structures are slightly vary. It's a stronger bamboo, that Guardia bamboo, than the um, Moso bamboo, but both can be used as a building material. So the cell structure of bamboo to timber is that it's got more of an elongated cell structure. So it's actually got greater compressive strength and tensile strength. It's weaker in some areas. However, it's comparable to timber. And I think that the understanding of the material from an engineering point of view, and there's a lot of data out around that, is that it can work exceptionally well as a building material. You just have to understand its uniqueness its strengths, its weaknesses, and then you design to that. Right. And that is both both in the engineered and the um, organic. And there's a lot of work around that. There's a lot of success and wonderful stories with um, just the natural form of bamboo being used in structure in Abuku and, and the Green School in Bali. And I don't know if anyone's had any experience of that, but there's some great work there that you can have a lot. Neil Thomas, the engineer, is working a lot around that. Um, and then there's a lot of movement with engineered bamboo where we recompose it and make it into a, a type timber-like looking product um, and then start to use that in applications. There are 50, it says, ChatGPT says 1,500 types of bamboo and then it lists them under these headings. So you talked about running bamboo and clumping bamboo. Um, so are there, is it just one of these types that's used in construction or are they all suitable in their own way? And how would somebody who wanted to use bamboo know which is the right bamboo to use so you know where do they where do they go for help and advice and you know who aside from you where's the knowledge of 
how bamboo can best be used? So I'm not a horticulturist in bamboo, but I have learned a lot. But to simplistically put it, the first thing is understand what your end use is of what you want to use the bamboo for and then go back to see what you want to get from the bamboo, whether it's the yield, the cell structure, etc. If it's a wood frame for a house, so, so you know, in the US and part of what we're offering our customers at ERA is this idea that you, you have a frame that resists all the gravity loads and all of the walls are non-load bearing and can be moved around. So you can design your home and then modify it, even even take a piece of it down and sell it when you no longer need it or add a piece on when you want some more. So, But the frame is a fixed element and then there are these variable components. So which bamboo would I use for the frame of a, of a house? So to answer that question, it's twofold. So the when we first select bamboo, the type of bamboo to grow is what is best in that environment and suitability to that environment. So rather than pick a bamboo because I want to do this as your ending, the first thing you want to do is grow the highest yielding type of bamboos you can within right. its best climate situation. So a lot of people are doing projects around the world growing moso bamboo because China is the most prevalent, uh, prominent producer of bamboo materials and that is what they use and so the technology and understanding is best placed there and their native bamboo is moso so they use it but moso can grow in you could say bamboo can grow anywhere but it'll be far healthier in an environment that it's happy in so instance in south america there tends to be guardia because that is its healthiest you know loves the environment there it's plenished but generally, the cell structure of the bamboo for construction, um, you you want sort of a hardier plant. There's about 10 or 12 that you would normally select, uh, and then you would select which what was best for what country. The key with the harvesting for construction of bamboo is that you want to harvest the bamboo at five to seven years because we know that the cell structure is at its optimal strength. And so then you harvest it at that time and then, you know, you can then manufacture it into the process. So, you know, in simplistic terms, Moso is slightly softer than Guardia. So there's more work involved in the manufacturing process to get it to the end result. But both can get to the end result um, and you can get the stats on them both being suitable for structural bamboo. So really the key element is the harvest time of when you use um it for construction that you always want it to be at between five to seven and then therefore you know that you've got your optimal chance of benefiting from the material itself so being, so being a grass so well i asked the question where would you go for advice on how to do this so um and you mentioned there are there are engineers who specialize in the use of bamboo but you you it's not something that is mainstream you've got to go to right. somebody who has particular specialist interest or is it coming into the into the building codes as mainstream it's been well, used 2500 <laughs> years right i mean uh, i'm you know, absolutely what... sure it will be because it can be supplied far more easily it's far more you know sustainable to our environment and we have a timber shortage supply which i don't believe is going to be fixed so we have to find alternate materials and i think bamboo is one really key element that can do that in terms of standards, et cetera, you know, that's our worldwide problem issue. Um, maybe I'd like to see it as opportunity. 
because it's a grass, it's not recognised as a building material. So that's so it has to always fall under the pretense of timber. But, you know, exciting things are happening. Engineers are really working hard to place it as a material that can be understood and recognised as a structural uh, material in its own right. So just recently, last month, some new international standards have been released around structural bamboo and they're available and go a long way to showing its possibilities and and potential as a material um, and that's ongoing there's an organization called INBAR that is a rattan and bamboo organization and they fund a lot of this structural work um, so there's really good movement around that and there's also some ISOs on just the normal bamboo um, pole in the traditional sense that can also be used for building um, there's more skill involved with that because you're utilising the natural material and moving towards how that performs without modifying it. And I sort of look at the structural side or, or the engineered side um, as being more a timber-like product that we know how to use timber so the skill set isn't that much different if, you know how to, if you're a carpenter and you know how to do that. But, you know, we use a lot of timber not only structurally but for joinery items and tables yeah, and there's a whole side of that that it absolutely ticks the box and you don't need to go down that path so really yeah. the next stepping stone for bamboo would be the acceptance as a structural material and that's so, sort of being done on a project by project basis where engineers will work with um bamboo manufacturers and just um get projects accepted and signed off and so we're doing it that way it seems to be in the short term the way to go around it yeah it just, it just seems to me it's really sort of strange because um that when i first went to hong kong in the 1980s you saw these huge high-rise buildings uh, completely encased in bamboo scaffolding and it, these things could, bamboo scaffold could be 50 or 60 stories high so incredibly flexible material incredibly strong strapped together with like a sort of i don't do with like bindings i don't know what the bindings were made of but they were, it was strapped together clearly very well understood and um and and been used for a long time uh, i look back at the oldest bamboo buildings um and they're in china 2500 years ago and there's actually a temple of that age that still exists so it's incredibly durable incredibly strong and yet we're talking about it like it's a new material i mean how does you know how do you connect the dots there it just seems like really strange that this this brand new 2500 year old material uh, still doesn't have a proper building codes agreed around the world for its use i mean what why it why is that if i knew the answer to that <laughs> <laughs> I would be telling everybody, and I have to say, I don't have an answer to that, to be honest with you. I think there are a few factors in how I've assessed it. Is one just the, the image of bamboo? Right. I think the simplistic image of bamboo as a fishing rod or a tiki bar, I think there's that imagery and paradigm around it. It's always been seen as poor man's timber in the Southeast Asia. So it's never been revered as something that would necessarily be needed in the Western world as a building material. Um, and I think, you know, I think some timber lobbies are very strong in us continuing to use timber right. and re are resistant to change or resistant to something that might threaten 
their industry and yet it's not a threat because bamboo will never replace timber. It is a very nice complement to timber that can support the industry, support their lack of supply and it needs more collaboration. We need more collaboration to see that other materials are essential for us to meet the building needs of communities and bring in alternate materials that are more environmentally sound, but also supply it so that the cost is down and we can start to help people with their yeah. housing, you know? Well, well, it grows so fast that, the, you know, the, you should be able to harvest a lot of it. But, but you know, I, would, I was thinking that it's a misunderstood material, but, but equally wood is going through a transformation at the moment. So people are starting to look at mass timber and things like cross-laminated timber, and 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 it seems to me that bamboo fits more in that category because you actually don't the way you you make structural bamboo you tell me if this is right or wrong but it's as I understand it you actually have to take the material you have to cut it uh, you have to uh, take elements of it glue it together and then make wood components so it's not like you take the bamboo which is this hollow tube and simply put it into a building it goes through a lot of processing and is that one and just like mass timber does so it's more in that category is that processing um is that because um you know pandas eat 40 kilograms of bamboo a day and maybe if you just use straight bamboo they'd eat your house uh, or is it because um you know you need to orientate the fibers in a certain direction for structural performance just sort of explain, you know, why is there so much processing required and why is it still sustainable after it goes through all that uh, post-processing? Um, all right. <clears throat> it's still sustainable because it's fast growth. It's as simple as that. Right. It, that outperforms to such a degree that um, even with the processing, it's still a greener product because of its harvest cycle and its fast growth. So... It goes through the process it's just simply because the nature of the material is a hollow round pole and so the amount of material that you use is only the outer section of the material so right. yeah that's what you're interested in the rest is a hollow air thing but the process yeah, there's there's definitely process involved but it's not dissimilar to clt timber um and and so therefore i'm actually in the process of looking at how we can use machinery for clt timber and integrate that with bamboo because it's not dissimilar and there's some work around that that I'm looking into because then we can cross-purpose manufacturing um, and while there's a timber shortage and yes I think there's exciting stuff going with you know laminated timber and glue lamb type timbers um, you're still restricted by the fact that the tree has to grow for 30 years and once you harvest it, you're waiting another 30 years or 20 years or 50 years or 80 years. So we're still, that is something we cannot change. Right. So um, that is my point. Like with bamboo, once you put a plantation in, at five to seven years, you start harvesting and then you're harvesting every year. So you, once you've got it to that maturity and bamboo just continually self-generates, all you're doing is you have supply every year. You're not waiting 20 years, 30 years. So while there's exciting things with timber going on and we've got to continue that work, 
the reality is that once you cut that timber forest down, you're waiting 30 years. So you've got maybe two generations of a lifetime being able to utilise from that plantation. And that is the key. And secondly, with bamboo, when you do harvest it, you're only harvesting 25% of the calm. So you're retaining the forest. You're retaining the biodiversity. You're retaining the oxygen. You retain the carbon sequestration. So it can't be ignored, you know, the magnificent ability for this plant to provide a resource that timber can't do on a supply level. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really, I really love that idea. That even just thinking about the root system, that the the bamboo root system is there all the time, and and it just keeps growing off the root system, and it's 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 a rhizome, right? So it grows. The roots go horizontal on the ground, and the bamboo pops up above. So you know that's really cool because when you cut a tree down, of course, you take everything above the ground, but you leave the root system in the ground. So I guess it's much better for the for the earth to be continually replenishing off the same root system than having to build a brand new root system every time. So I, I like that. ChatGPT says that rapid growth is the number one reason for sustainability. It yes. lists a whole bunch of other things, you know, carbon sequestration, a whole bunch of other sort of really good things. But 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 having seen that that it's got these advantages of speed over over wood, um, is it cheaper? I mean, if it, it, you would think that if it grows so fast, it must therefore be much cheaper to build with bamboo than it is with wood. Or am I wrong? Um, I'd, um, that'd be a nice thing. Um, I, I know it's it's probably not cheaper at the moment because it's not specified or used enough. So the demand isn't there, and as everything as demand increases you know, your cost of manufacture comes down. So I would say to you, it's the engineered side of things is not a cheap um, option. It's more like your hardwoods at the moment. Obviously, timber's increasing in price all the time, so it's also right. going to become comparable. But as it in, as the, I'm talking about the engineered, as it increases <clears throat> um, in, in um, popularity and demand, then those costs will definitely come down. Um, at the moment, it's it's you know it's driven by the few people that are using it, but a lot of people are working on technology around that. Um, composites with wood and bamboo used together is working. So there's a lot of work around that to do that and bring that down and get the automation of the manufacturing a little bit better. Um, at the same time, harvesting is largely because of the nature of it. You still um, hand done so you go into a forest and you select the pole so there's a little bit of labor involved in that side of things but still when you do the numbers because of its fast growth and you and you work out all those um processes and freight and all of that it still comes out on top so it's quite incredible and i'm really a believer that you know a large amount of the engineered bamboo is imported from China, India is getting involved, which is great. But each country could actually create their own industry. Um, And if we could all work towards, you know, planting bamboo in the country that you live in and then using that byproduct to manufacture building materials, you'll go a long way to cutting that down. So 
Um, and it's all feasible and all possible. And Europe don't even have a native bamboo and they're starting to grow bamboo for that sole purpose to start to create engineered bamboo materials right. as one of many byproducts. Um, Australia have native bamboos, so they can start that process, but we don't, but that's a push. And, you know, all the continents should be growing their own, but I know the US is already starting to do that. So, um, and then just share the knowledge and the technology and then start to create the industries in-house within your own country. And then that'll go a long way to cutting those costs down. Right. So, so the, so you really, it's, it's currently, it's price, it's chat GPT says this, it's more, you know, comparable in price with hardwoods, uh, softwoods are cheaper presently. You think that the, that that could change. It could be as cheap as softwood. If there was more I, volume, I believe it could be, and you know, softwoods of a shortage now. I know in Australia we had forty percent of our forests destroyed in the fires. You see what's happening in Hawaii at the moment, um, and so you know that's thirty years before we can get that back. So immediately there's a supply problem. Right. So, <clears throat> so um, what, what do the so that so that as I understand it, that the the piece the parts of the bamboo plant have different names, and they all have different uses. So we're talking about the sort of stems. And and it's called coal, right? The the sort of the coal, yeah. So not coal that we use. Oh, okay, that's it. So there you there you've got that material part there. There's right. silica on the shell, which protects the plant in real life. Right. That usually is taken off, and then you use the material that's in there, and you just cut it into slats. And what happens to the pieces that are taken off? What it cut away the leaves and um, that silica is used sometimes in byproducts of um, I've been told basket weaving and stuff like okay. that. Okay, okay. So they try to not utilize about ninety percent of the plant. So and then what? And what is the glue that's used? So so you, how do you how do you cut that up? And then what do you use as a glue to actually reform into a structural element? So there's two forms of manufacture with bamboo. One we call laminated which is like CLT timber. The glues, yeah. um, there are many glues that many different companies use, but everyone's working towards having, uh, you know, as least toxic as possible. We've got a glue that we use that's, um, we use 1% glue and 99% material of bamboo in the laminated products. Right. And we've also produced some bio glues. So, um, which are working really well, which is a completely plant-based product, <laughs> which is really exciting. Um, the other type of manufacturing, and I'm simplifying this, but um, is that you use shredded bamboo. So it's a little bit like scrimber timber if you used to scrimber timber. That's where that name came. It's called strand woven. So, right. and that's a compressed, very hard material that's baked and very dense, 1200 kilos per cubic meter. Um, so they're the two forms. There's some great work with using the bamboo and creating an engineered one by keeping the silica on the actual bamboo, which is some technology a company in the States is doing, um, which is really funky. So there's a lot of work around all of that. Um, and the glues are always of contention because there's a lot of misinformation around that. I think many, many years ago, glues were used in plywoods and everything to bind the materials together. And there was always that formaldehyde emissions that were of concern. Um, and But, you know, we're smarter in the world today and we've understood those toxicity issues and, you know, there's rules around that and, and what glues you use. But right. the more expensive a product, generally, from my experience, 
the greater care has been taken into using the quality of resin to ensure that toxicity is low and it's safe for humans. So price points are always around those sort of things. But, you know, if the product is a little bit more than the product down the road, but they look the same, my guess is there's probably less raw material in it if it's cheaper and more resins that may be a little bit more toxic or maybe not so tested. And um, that's general comment, but that's my experience. Right. And in terms of its sustainability story, what, what happens, I put in, you know, I said, can bamboo be recycled? And it seems like the answer is, well, not really. Um, so at the end of its useful life, it's really, you know, doesn't have much, much value other than, you know, it's organic material and you can return it to the soil. Uh, is, is, that, just working, is that right? It can be repurposed because we're just working with a factory that built everything out of engineered bamboo and they're moving site. So they're right. assembling the whole thing and rebuilding it. So um, it's definitely can be repurposed and reused. It's a natural material. And then we're working towards in the event there is an end of life to it, it can be returned to the earth. So that's really the full cycle of what we're trying to work towards. And are the, are the joints, the joints between these bamboo elements, are they exactly the same as, as timber joints? I mean, is there of the, the same, you know, metalwork and, yep. you know, mortise and tenon joints and finger yep. joints? Is it done exactly the same? Yeah. And different engineers are working with different ways that they use the joints, but it's exactly the same type of application. Right. And and so you, you said earlier about the strength of bamboo. I mean, I read somewhere that, that bamboo can be stronger than steel in tension. And it's incredibly strong in compression. Do you get? Do you? Can you therefore have smaller elements? Or another myth I think around bamboo is it's really flexible, and so the structures will be really bouncy. Uh, they'll be strong, but 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 small and bouncy. So you know what it, what it, what what would it, would a bamboo structure be about the same size as a wood structure, or or smaller or bigger, or you know just talk about right. that. That's a good question, and I'm not an engineer. However, it definitely has greater compressive strength and and tensile strength than timber. It um, is weaker in the shear, I believe, but then it all depends on how the construction is put together within the engineered thing. There's a right. lot of information around that. Um, and, you know, when I speak to engineers, uh, they all say there are very clear, there's very clear data on the capabilities of bamboo and providing you understand that it's easy to design to it. So yeah. it has a lot of, so in some cases, because of its compressive strength, you can definitely have smaller elements in the structure than you would with timber. And then, you know, same with the tensile, but then if she is an issue and stuff like that, then you're going the other way. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of data around that and, uh, you know, the messaging from engineers is just understand the true quality and properties of bamboo and then it's easy to design to that. Don't try and make it like a timber product. Understand it actually has better structural elements in timber in some regards and others that aren't. So just fully understand its properties and then, yes, some members will be smaller, not needing to be as large if you were to use timber and some have to be larger because it can't meet those standards. Still, I, I asked ChopGPT whether, you know, bamboo is subject to insects and moisture damage, you know, so given that pandas eat it, I guess other creatures will eat bamboo as well. So is it is it durable? You know, what, what happens when it gets wet? Uh, does it does it like timber? Does it change shape as, as wood does? 
when it gets wet? And you know, will it be eaten by beetles and will it rot? Um, so what's its what's its sort of uh, you know durability like in use? So that's a good question. So there are tests around the durability of it. It does behave similar to timber. Right. Um, it and that's always the preservation of it is always the issue, same as it is around timber. So um, the moisture content tends to be around eleven to twelve percent of the engineered material. I'm not as familiar with the natural material, um, but there's always processes we have to do with mold. It's got a high sugar content. Tend we tend to in engineered carbonize the material, so we crystallize the com the sugar content which then goes a long way to preventing insect infestation and mould issues. Um, we do some extra processing to meet Australian standards in Australia to meet H3 standards, so it meets all those. So we have great success with that not being an issue in external applications. But there is durability. It is a natural product. You normally do have to maintain it and coat it, etc. if it was external. And... Um, and I watch some stuff in Abuku and they say, you know, try and keep it out of the water and all those sensible, yeah. logical things that you would do with timber. It's no different to that. And it catches fire just the same as, as wood. Is it sort of fire performance about the same? Uh, so it falls in, in, for an internal product, it falls in the same class as largely timber, class three. Uh, I don't know what no. the international standard. Um, I do know, I've read reports that the actual pole itself, because of its silica um, coating, um, forms quite a good resistance to fire in the open flame, and there's been some results around that. A uh, gentleman called Matteo Guterres from Colombia has done a lot of work around that's written a report on fire with bamboo um, that right. I think you can find. And there's a lot of work and he's done some great reports on that. So it doesn't sound like there's much downside to it at all. But, you know, if, if somebody was to ask you that question, you know, what is the downside to using bamboo? Um, there must be some. What would you say? That not enough people are using it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the downside look it's it's still labor intensive when you harvest it but i you know the reality is i i've been asking that question as if i think it can't not be used why isn't it being used why is it so i've been searching why not you know why not why not so i just think it needs to be accepted really and used more and for us to appreciate it for what it is, instead of trying to make it into something that it's not a replacement for timber. It is an alternate material that is comparable to timber and can definitely help all the supply issues and provide many solutions in building that timber now supply, you know, an answer for. It is a partner to timber. It is not yeah. a replacement to timber. And as soon as we accept that and stop trying to fight it, you could, we can embrace it, you know, and, and that's the key with all these innovative, wonderful materials that we can now take from nature and apply to building. Yeah, I mean, ChatGPT had some, you know, I asked ChatGPT the same question, what's the downside of using bamboo? And these are the things that were listed, you know, the invasive species, quality and durability, limited processing techniques. Um, 
you know, it, it didn't well, actually. Some of those are incorrect, you know, like invasive. It's not an invasive species. When you understand it, there are many types of bamboos and some don't spread at all. So it's not invasive. So, so a lot of it, that is a little bit of information, misinformation. I was right. last weekend in a plantation, the largest commercial plantation in Australia, with bamboo growing 250 species this gentleman brought in 30 years ago to see how they would fare in Australia for the sole purpose to build a bamboo industry in Australia for growing. And throughout the forest, and I've been there many times, but throughout his huge bamboo forest, I saw all these eucalyptus trees growing. And I thought, well, hold on a second. Everyone keeps saying it's invasive and they can't coexist. Yeah. And he said, oh, Jenny, this has been going on for 30 years. I grow all this eucalyptus. The bamboo's happy. The bamboo, you know, provides. They drop a lot of leaves, bamboo, and that offers cover for the soil, keeps the nutrients in. The eucalyptus love the nutrients. Mm -hmm. And they coexist in this beautiful environment. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, it's not invasive. They actually work as partners. So there's a few things that are misinformation that, you know, is a, the continual battle. I suppose because it's a riser. I mean, I actually had experience of this at my house. I just a little story on my, from my bamboo history. Um, I, I, um, I, in my garden, I created a little Japanese garden. I wanted this little Zen garden. I planted some small bamboo plants. And then I moved to the United States, but I rented my house out. And um, it was vacant for for about six months, and I just happened to go and visit it. And the bamboo had gone crazy. The bamboo, you know, I planted it, it was two feet high. When I visited it, it was twenty five feet high, and it would uh, it had gone everywhere, sideways, everywhere, through into the next door's garden, and they had bamboo shooting up there. There was it was impossible to to contain it, and so. Uh, I actually asked the gardener to come and uh, it was a woman and she 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 removed it, but it was a hell of a job. She had to yes. remove the root system and everything. And it was a real big job to do that. And so I think there's this sort of general view that you can't control bamboo growth, it, you know, it will because it's a rhizome, it goes underground. It will just keep spreading. And so, you know, how do you contain it and, and sort of manage it? If you're going to farm it for for use, and you know you you have a boundary to your land, what stops it just you know keeping going forever? Right. So your so clumping bamboo doesn't do that, but right. the running bamboo, um, you're correct, it does do that. <laughs> in, interestingly, um, water will stop it running. So I in this forest that I was at in um, up in Queensland. There was the running bamboo, the mosa that's in all over China. And it was just, it hadn't crossed this tiny little creek and it had been there for 30 years. And I said, why hasn't it jumped the creek? They said, oh, the root system doesn't like being submerged in water. Oh. And I said, so do all you have to do is build a moat of water? Because it, it's not a deep root system, it's surface yeah. root system. And they said, oh, yeah, that's all you need to do. And I thought, I've been oh, really? doing this. Oh, really? That's so interesting. I've been doing this for 15, 20 years. <laughs> I can't believe that I missed that. And, oh. you know, these are bamboo growers that are only five years old and they're going, oh, yeah, everybody knows that, Jenny. <laughs> but really, just build a moat around a bamboo running plantation. It doesn't have to be deep because the root system is deep and bamboo makes its own decision not to go there. It's a, It was as simple as that. That's really interesting.
So I asked uh, ChatGPT just by the way. I just thought I'd just ask what how do you stop the root system spreading? I just wonder what it said actually. Um, it says uh, containment barriers, clumping varieties. Doesn't mention putting a moat around it. So I think you've stopped. No. And you know what? <laughs> we did that here at Hasabamp. We my dad put in running bamboo, and I have to say we did. He did all that containment stuff 30, 40 years ago. It's still across the road. <laughs> Wow. It still got past that, right? And there I am on this huge plantation with this mozo bamboo that goes crazy, and it just hasn't crossed this wow. water brown, this creek. And <laughs> he said, oh, no, it doesn't like being submerged in water. That's and I went, did you say that? He goes, oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, like it? everybody knew. It's one of those things. Like, everybody knew that, not not me. God, there's eight, <laughs> five years experience that, you know, we just missed that. I missed that one. <laughs> But well, it was just a nice thing to see, right? Suddenly it's yeah. simple. Well, honestly, this has been really informative. I, I want to thank you for your time today. And My uh, really, yeah, and I can see your love of bamboo. You know, it's, it's infectious. And uh, I think we believe as well that it's a material that we could use a lot more of, not just for structures, but for all sorts of things. Yeah. And we see great potential in it. So I share your passion for it. And, you know, thank you for sharing your knowledge and, um, spending an hour with us thank you and thank you for the opportunity you know the more oh, that we welcome. can start to look at alternate materials that help our planet you know we need housing we need employment we need people to live we do. you know you know in a great place with yeah. materials that they can afford no it's great i i, I share that and uh i, I love you. your enthusiasm thank for thank it you, you know like honor. i said it's uh, it's infectious so thank thank, thanks very much for your time it's been great great to meet you